A very good morning, church. A very good morning, church. Thank you. Oh, I feel, I feel like I, I'm not talking to myself. So good. Uh, thank you. I, I'm going to speak like this uh, the whole morning because I'm still trying to recover from a sore throat. Um, so this is, this is the me that you get. Um, I don't sound the same, but uh, I trust me, he's the same person <laughs> talking to you up here. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know how many of you know that uh, yet, it, yesterday was our Game On tournament our ping pong tournament. How many was there? You were there at a ping pong tournament. Wow, okay, not too bad. It was quite a few of you. Awesome possums. Um, so it was a ping pong tournament yesterday. It's part of our family day game on. So it's, it's just the start. So on the 19th of July, it's a public holiday. So on the 19th of July, if you are not doing anything, which you're, you're not doing anything, it's a public holiday, okay? Uh, come to our family day at Tiger Arena, Sha'alam. We're going to come together as a church. We're going to have games. We're going to have food. We're going to have fun. We're going to have so many things happening. So even if you're not competing in anything, I encourage you, just bring your family. Just come and just, uh, 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 co- not compete with us, but uh, what's the word? Commune? No, not commune. Uh, be a community with us, you know? Be friends and then just come and see. Um, um, how awesome our family day is and I, I bet you it's going to be a lot of fun because ping pong at SMCC yesterday was absolutely electric. Uh, the, uh, our, I heard the atmosphere was buzzing. Everybody had fun. Um, I'm just very curious. If you won ping pong, are you here with us this morning? If you won. Anybody? Who, you, you, I know there's like five winners. All right. If you're one of the winners, could you raise your hands? Are you here? I just want to congratulate you. You are? Oh, Yes. Well done! Um, you won ping pong. Okay, I saw the list of winners, uh, the, the, the first runner-up and the second runner-up. And uh, if, I'm, if I'm not wrong, correct me if I'm not wrong, I believe uh, all the winners belong to the 45 and above. Uh, so as I was there in the morning, I was telling all the young adults, hey, come on guys, all the, the campus and the young adults, come on guys, you gotta, you gotta show the adults uh, what you're made of. You got you to, come on, give it all you got. You're young, you're energetic. Come on, give the adults all you've got. You know, you got to give them the best shot. And then I, I, I went to some of the adults. I said, hey, buggy chance lah. I said, hey, buggy chance lah for the, for the young, young people. But just, you know, beat you. I know you, I know you, you are good at it. You got to beat them, but don't beat them by that much. Just give them, beat them by one point. All right. So, but long story short, uh, both of the adults won. Uh, so congratulations to all of you, and I'm sure we're going to announce the winner somewhere, somehow, right, on Game On Day. Um, so we're very, very happy for all of you. The young adults, trust me, will go back and practice. Next year, we'll come back with a vengeance. Next year, we'll show you what we're made of, all right? <laughs> uh, you know, I'm, today's, this morning, we're continuing the book of Luke, and this is the second last week we're going into the book of Luke. So next week is the closing, and we're just going to close off the book of Luke. It's been exciting so far. Um, I've been loving it so far. And today, I, want, I will land it on Luke 24, but I also want to integrate a little bit of Luke 19, which is the story of Zacchaeus and the story of Emmaus. So the title of my sermon today is, Do You Know That Jesus? Fill in the blanks. And I, w- I would really like you to fill in the blanks. Do you know that Jesus, what is and who is Jesus to you? You've got to fill in that blank. And how you fill in the blank will let you know who your Jesus is. All right? So that's, that's the inspirational part of my sermon topic. Uh, but the, the other truth of my topic is um, I had this whole week to craft out my sermon title. Um, and then I go, do you know that Jesus, and I was so inspired, there were so many things that came to my head, do you know that Jesus is our risen king, do you know that Jesus was crucified and rose again, do you know that Jesus uh, walks with us, do you know that Jesus is whatever it may be, right, do you know that Jesus is everything, and then it came to Thursday where the media team was pressing me for a sermon title, and I could not decide which do you know that Jesus is at the back, so I just go, all right, it is what it is. Do you know that Jesus, full stop? So I would really like you, as I, you know, we read the story of Luke today, um, fill in the blanks. And in that blank, you would kind of know who your Jesus is. But before I move on, I would really love to invite, oh yes, I, because I'm, I'm, having, I'm trying to save my voice. It's a little bit cracking already. I invite Pastor Adele. Could you read our sermon uh, uh, scripture for us? And could you read it along with Pastor Adele? Is that okay? I'm going to give you the clicker. Uh, or I'll control it for you, okay. And then if you could read the sermon scripture and read it together with her because it's long, it's 13 to 35, you're going to need to know the story of Emmaus, so we're going to digest scripture together. Is that okay? All right? 
Take it away, Pastor Adele. Okay, Thank you. Okay, it's a reading from Luke 24, <coughs> 13 to 35 in NIV. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. What happened to everybody? In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then, some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said, but they did not see Jesus. He said to them, How foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, Stay with us, for it is nearly evening, the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were open, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the, on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. They were, there they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Adele. Thank you so much. Uh, I really appreciate that. This is a story on the road to Emmaus. Do you know that in the book of Luke contains parables and stories that are very unique only to the book of Luke? On the road to Emmaus, this story is one of it that is very particular to only in the book. So you can't find it in Matthew, Mark, or John. So this is, so this is a Lucan story, and I want to explain how awesome this story is. Um, but there is another story that is also only found in the book of Luke. That is the story of Zacchaeus in Luke chapter 19. Um, everybody knows the story of Zacchaeus. So I thought, hey, you know, we're already reading so many script, uh, verses. I'm not too sure if I put up the story of Zacchaeus to read as well. So I'll explain it to you in a little bit. So Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. Okay, the second, the, the other service this morning, were, like, they finished the song for me. Okay, you guys are like confused. Do you know that's a song, right? Okay, good, good, good. All right, you didn't want to finish it for me. That's all, right? Okay, cool, cool. Uh, but anyways, uh, there's a sycamore tree. So he was a very short man. Uh, Jesus was walking through Jericho and he wanted to see who Jesus looked like, what Jesus looked like, because he doesn't know what Jesus looked like. He, I mean, he knew about Jesus, but don't know what Jesus looked like, right? So he climbed the sycamore tree and then so happenstance, Jesus walked by, looked up at Zacchaeus and said, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house. Invite me in. Zacchaeus says, of course, but of course. He invited him in. His life was changed forever. And Zacchaeus uh, 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 repented of his ways and followed Jesus. That's the short story of Zacchaeus. You can only find these two stories in the book of Luke. And today, I want to show the differences and the similarities between both stories. Is that okay? Great. <clears throat> oh, okay. I should not have cleared my, my throat in the mic. Let me, let me do it again. Hold on. Okay, there we go. Um, 
two stories, Zacchaeus um, and Emmaus. There are some differences that is really interesting. There are some differences that, hey, you know, it's good to know. And the first two is one of the, one, one, a few things that is, hey, it's good to know. See, in the story of Zacchaeus, Jesus was walking into Jericho. You see, the difference between Zacchaeus and Emmaus is the story of Zacchaeus happened before the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So Jesus was still fully man as well as he's fully God, right? So he has a mortal body, so he can only be in one place at one time. The story of Emmaus happened on the third day right after the resurrection, which means that Jesus has already been crucified, Jesus already resurrected, and now Jesus in his glorified body appeared before the two men. This, that's the two difference uh, between Zacchaeus and Emmaus, all right? So Zacchaeus, Jesus was walking into Jericho because in his mortal body, Jesus had an objective to achieve here on earth that is to go into Jerusalem and die on the cross to resurrect on the third day. So he just happenstance to be walking to Jerusalem and he passed Jericho. But on the way to Emmaus, there's just two guys, two persons, okay? So I'm going <clears> to <throat> I'm gonna give two disclaimer here and I give all credit to Pastor Chu. So this morning, Pastor Chu came. He's not here this morning because um, he's, he's visiting another church to preach. Um, so this morning, he came up to me. He worshipped at SMCC with us. Um, and he came up to me. Oh, Pastor Isaac, yesterday you were preaching. I just want to share with you uh, a thought of mine. All right? It's not concrete proof, but it's a thought of mine. It's a thought of mine. And I said, okay, what is it? He said, it may not be two men uh, uh, walking to Emmaus. I said, really? So two women? No, it can't be because one, we know the name is Cleopas. And I'm quite sure that guy's a guy. And Pastor Chu is like, yeah, the other one who has no name, could have been his wife. So it could have been a couple. So I was like, wow, that's an interesting thought. And I'll leave that with you. So I tell you what, for the rest of my slides and my sermon, it's going to be two men because I've already did it. All right? Um, can't change. So I can't put two persons. Can't change. So for, for the rest of this sermon, I'm going to say two men. But disclaimer, two men could be a couple. It could be husband and wife as well. Is that okay? So basically two people, two of them walking on the road to Emmaus, and then Jesus appeared. So Jesus appeared to the two men. So in Emmaus, it was the men that was walking, and it was Jesus that, was, that appeared before them. What's the, what's the importance of this? Is in the second point. Jesus was just passing through Jericho, not intending to see Zacchaeus, but because he passed through, because he saw Zacchaeus, he stopped. And then he changed Zacchaeus' life. But on the road to Emmaus, Jesus intentionally chose these two persons. There is a stark difference because on earth, as a man, in the story of Zacchaeus, he could only, you know, visit one person at a time. He's got one body. He can only visit one home. He could only visit one city. He could only visit one person. But now, because of the resurrected, glorified body of Jesus Christ, on that road to Emmaus, Jesus will intentionally walk with you. You will know that Jesus can walk with you. Jesus will walk with you. And that's one of the good news that I draw from the road of Emmaus. That one day as you're doing your chores, and I love this, and I, <clears throat> I prayed a lot of, like on the road of Emmaus, I like stirred up a lot of prayer within me. Because as I was, I was reading this scripture, I said, God, wouldn't it be amazing if I was just doing the dishes or I don't know, washing my clothes or doing whatever I do on my daily basis and then suddenly you appear next to me and you intentionally walked with me and talk with me, that would be amazing. God, I would love that experience to happen. That would be a story of my lifetime. And Jesus says, don't worry, I'm already intentionally walking with you. But instead of side by side, now I'm living in your heart. And I want to say to all of you, Jesus walks with you every step of the day, intentionally, in your heart. But the stark difference between the two is that Zacchaeus knew about Jesus, but he didn't know how Jesus looked like. He didn't know what Jesus looked like. So he's heard about this guy called Jesus, and back then, there were, you can't share your pictures. There was no social media to go on to, to check who Jesus, who, you know, what Jesus looked like. So he had no clue what Jesus looked like. So in Scripture, it stated... It states that Zacchaeus had no intention of inviting Jesus to his home. All he did, he wanted to climb the sycamore tree because he wanted to see what Jesus looked like. He wanted to see the face of Jesus. But on, this, on the road to Emmaus, these two men, they also knew about Jesus, 
but they could not recognize Jesus. So these two men, they have probably walked with Jesus. They knew what Jesus looked like. They probably had supper with Jesus. They probably had communion with Jesus. They probably followed Jesus around, maybe in the feeding of this and the feeding of that and some of these miracles. They knew exactly what Jesus looked like, but they could not recognize Him. And the interesting part is why. So before I even answer the why, I put here verse 20 to 24. See, how do we know that these two men knew about Jesus? It was it stated in the verse <clears throat> that they explained to Jesus, because I love it, Jesus played dumb a little bit. So Jesus had to ask him, what, what, are, you guys, what are you guys discussing about? Right? And then they had to, they had to explain to Jesus, oh, we're going through these things. We knew a guy called Jesus. You know, he's a prophet. You know, he, he, was, he was sentenced by the chief priests and the rulers. He did wonderful things. He did miracles uh, 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 in the town of, in, in the country of, of Israel. Uh, but then he was crucified on the cross. And then uh, on the third day, some women went to his tomb but couldn't find him. Some companions went to his tomb, couldn't find him. And they knew about Jesus. But Jesus was standing next to them still couldn't recognize Jesus. I want to ask, <coughs> if Jesus were to appear, the big if, okay, if, I-F, if Jesus were to appear next to you right now, or maybe later on, and commute, commune with you, talk to you, would you be able to recognize the Messiah for the Messiah? Would you? Or would we be like the two guys on the road to Emmaus, Right? and just talk to him like any other guy. What do you think? I would like to think that if my Savior appeared next to me, I would automatically bow down, recognize him as my Savior, and say, you are my Lord, my Jesus. But I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure because no, I don't want to be haughty and everything. I'm not too sure. And that's a good question we should all ask. Do we recognize who our Savior is? The key difference between the two is that we can perceive a lot of things in our humanly lens, but we don't have a spiritual aspect or a spiritual lens to it. We may recognize Jesus for what He did in the world, His actions, maybe even what He looked like maybe, but until we gain a spiritual lens, we are not able to perceive Jesus in His glorified state who Jesus really is. And this statement alone is probably... One of the scariest statements as we move past the pandemic into the territory of AI and into the future. Because there's so many things that are coming into this world that we cannot control, but it's bombarding us left and right. And until we get a full foundational knowledge of who Jesus really is, not just in His works and deeds that we can read about, but we get to know Him on the inside in His glorified state, in His majesty of King of Kings, we're not able to come up against the world and stand our ground as Christians. But what am I talking about? You know, <clears throat> just very recently, and please don't Google it now, you have 45 minutes until this service is over, then you can go home and Google it, okay? Uh, and talk about it over lunch. Um, there's, a, there's this very recent move um, called the uh, Sparkle Creed. How many of you know what I'm talking about? The Sparkle Creed. Okay, great. I get the opportunity to explain to you. Don't Google it, all right? Later on, all right? This is, this is, this is just a week old. So there's a church in America, doesn't matter which church, that the leaders of the church have come forth and announced a new creed for the church. Everybody knows what's a creed, right? <clears throat> in this church, at least, or at least the mass majority of the churches out there, we believe in the Nicene Creed. You've heard of the Nicene Creed? You have? Okay, great, all right. <clears throat> it's, it's, it's made in the council of, uh, uh, in, a, in the district of Nicaea or Constantinople. Um, and then in the early church fathers, because way, way, way back then, there were a lot of doctrines that are coming up against the church telling the church who Jesus really, really, really is, 
all right? And they're all false, they're all fake news. So the Council of Nicaea gathered the early church fathers and said, this is our doctrine, we're going to release it to all the churches, and this is what we believe in. And I can sum it up for you. Obviously, we believe in the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We believe that God is the Father, the end all and be all of all things, the Father of all creation. He created uh, uh, through the breath uh, 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 of His, and He's beyond time. Then we believe in the Son. The Son came down to earth. Uh, the only one and begotten Son of, of, of the Father came to earth, was crucified, resurrected on the third day, now sit on the right hand of the Father, uh, uh, waiting for the white throne room of judgment at the end of the day and the second coming of Christ, then we also believe in the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost that lives in us, that comfort us, uh, 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 that lives in us right now. The temple of the Holy Spirit that's in us. We believe in one Lord, one God, one baptism, one faith. That's the Nicene Creed. And that's what we believe in. This church at least. But then now these days, there's something called a Sparkle Creed. So the church, uh, one church in America came up and says, we declare this creed <clears throat> that we believe in a non-binary God, that Jesus has two dads, that love is love is love is love, and love is for all, whether any gender or any sexuality, and it is professed in the church. I can go on and go on, but I don't want to recite the whole creed. It's not, it's not honoring to Jesus, but you can go on and look it up. And I, I go, wow. What is the world coming to? Now, I want to say this, and before I move on further, if you're struggling in this place, in this church at least, SIBKL, we love you. If you're struggling in your gender, and you're struggling in your sexuality, we love you. This is a safe place, this church. There's no judgment for you here. We're not going to shame you. We won't come out and Bible bash you. We love you. But we cannot affirm certain things that the Bible do not affirm. And it's the same thing. We can't affirm addiction. We, can't, we don't affirm smoking or addiction to alcohol. We don't affirm alcoholism. We don't affirm uh, gambling. We don't affirm a lot of things in the world. And gender and sexuality is just one of it that we do not affirm because the Bible does not affirm it. But we love you. So I say all this not because I want to bash you, but I say all this, and if you're, if you're here today, I say all this because we do love you. And we do understand that in this life, we struggle. We struggle against the temptations of our flesh. You may struggle with your temptations, I struggle with mine, and the next person next to me struggle with theirs, and we all struggle in a very different way. But you see, this church that has professed the Sparkle Creed, they know about Jesus. <clears throat> they can tell you the miracles that Jesus did. They can also tell you that there's a trinity that there is a God the Father, the Son, who apparently has two dads, and then they, they believe in the Holy Spirit. They can also believe in the, the, the light of heaven, which we also believe in the light, but they believe it in a very different way. They, they, they believe in a, in, in, a, in a great twisting of, of who Jesus is, and they do not recognize Jesus for who He really is. Because sometimes when we go to Jesus with our own agenda, just like these two men on the road to Emmaus, they told Jesus, we knew Jesus for all these things. We thought He was going to be the ruler of Israel. We thought He was going to save us. Then Jesus says, uh, no, you don't recognize who I am. And then Jesus rebuked them, how foolish are you? And how slow to understand Scripture you are. Because sometimes we pray Jesus into our own agenda. We want something in our lives. And then we bring Jesus in. And sometimes we're so good at justifying our sins and temptation that we can even say Jesus affirms my sins and temptation because we want Jesus to love us no matter what. And we, want, and we pray Jesus into our own agenda. And that's why we don't recognize who the sovereignty of our Lord and Saviour really, really is. And I have a fear, not just for this generation, which is whatever age we're at, I have also a fear for the next generation. What would happen if a new believer were to listen to this creed and, and believe it? <coughs> what would happen if one of us, we don't know maybe the tenets of our faith, we hear it and we believe it? You know, I was just watching something with my wife. Okay, more like I was watching something. Then I sent it to her and I said, oh my gosh, this is, uh, oh my gosh, this is a, little bit, a little bit frightening for me because I was watching a little cartoon. So I was just scrolling through social media like, like any healthy young adult does, right? <laughs> 
because we've got so much time on our hands. No, I don't. Okay, uh, just before I sleep, sometimes I just scroll, um, just to clear all the worries in my head. So I just scroll through, and I like to listen to uh, whatever it is I listen to. And then I came across a little cartoon. It was animated. I love it. It was like, oh my gosh, this is so animated. My, my son would love this cartoon. This is it's so nice. It was just three little children. And there was two little dinosaurs, and it was T-Rex dinosaurs. And my son loved T-Rex, all right? Like, some, like when they were younger, they would pretend that there are T-Rexes all over the house. They would stomp, and they would roar, and then I would go, it's a little noisy, guys, a little bit noisy. But uh, they saw these two dinosaurs. So the children came up, and it says, hey, guys, look, there are two dinosaurs over there. And I was like, oh, this is good at animation. This is good, high-quality stuff. And then the two dinosaurs got up, and it says, hey, guys, look. Underneath the two dinosaurs are two, two stone eggs. And then I was like, what do you mean by two stone eggs? Okay, two stone that looks like eggs. So I looked at it. I'm like, oh, two stone that looks like eggs. All right, what, okay, what, what in the world is happening? Do you, can you decipher what's happening? What's happening? And then, and then one, the other kid says, what's happening? Why are they sitting on top of eggs? Why are they sitting on top of stones? Then the other kid answered, oh, because the two dinosaurs thought that they are eggs and they want to be parents and they are going to be great dino daddies. I was like, wait, hold up. What did I just hear? Rewind. And I'm like, oh, dino, oh, they're two guy dinosaurs. So they can't produce eggs by themselves. So that's why they're sitting on stones because they thought it was eggs. And then the children was like, let's go get them some eggs, that ab the abandoned eggs, and give them to the daddies because they're going to be great parents. Off. Send it to Kim. Um, babe, our, our son's watching this. <laughs> Again, I affirm. We, I'm not here to bash gender agenda or the sexuality agenda, or the pride agenda. I'm just here to affirm what Jesus affirms. And I cannot affirm anything otherwise. But we love you nonetheless. Trust me when I tell you, we love you nonetheless. But I want to say this. It is very important that we ground ourselves in Scripture and we know who this Jesus is and recognize Him for who He is. Otherwise, the doctrines and the ways of the world are slowly seeping in. Into our lives, into our culture, into our ways of thought, into whatever it may be. And I haven't even gone into AI yet. You know, AI is a great, great invention of humankind. All right? One day, I hope Sarah Connor won't warn us against this time. Uh, um, <clears throat> if you get that joke, you're definitely my age and above. Um, but uh, do you know with AI comes a lot of the dark side of AI as well? There's a huge dark side of AI for the church. And I don't want to go into it because I don't want to open anybody's eyes. But at the end of the day, if we do not know and recognize who Jesus is, we can be so captivated by the things of the world until Jesus looks like a rainbow God to us. And we go, wait a minute. Is that really who Jesus is? And I think that's the point of the road to Emmaus. Because even though they can talk about Jesus, you can talk of Jesus you can tell people about Jesus, but the question is, do you really recognize Jesus for who He is? And the mercies of God after this verse is that when God rebukes them, how foolish, how slow you are to understand that the Messiah needs to suffer in order for all these to happen, then what did Jesus do? And this is the redemption that we have here. Jesus said, Jesus did explain scriptures to the two guys. He opened up scriptures and start to explain it to them. And that is what, that is, that's the crux of the whole road to Emmaus. That in order for us to stand our ground, in order for us to in, uh, be able to defend our faith, 
in order for us to stem the tide of the worldly cultures that are trying to come in, we are going to need to understand Scriptures and allow Jesus to speak into our lives. Otherwise, we will be carried away by the waves and the wind of this world. And that's why for me, I truly believe that out of all the tenets of what SIBKL is doing, out of all the rocks that we're doing, all the initiatives that we're doing, all the frontiers, that we're pushing, all these are amazing things, but we can never remove the centrality of Jesus Christ from this church. We can never remove the importance of the Word of God in this church. The Word of God is paramount. The Word of God is the most important in order for us to know that we've got a faith to stand on and a faith that is unshakable by anything that hits us. Do you know, in the end times... <clears throat> Whether you believe the end times is near or whether you believe the end times is far. Regardless, I pray that we are all prepared for it. If you believe that the end times is far, just like me, because there's hope, because I always say, this, this is a joke. I don't know, have I told you before? If I haven't, you can hear it. Uh, this is a joke I always say. I pray that I never suffer the end times, but then I pray for the lives of my two sons. That if you come in their lifetime, good luck to you, but let's not, let's just, as long as it doesn't happen in my lifetime, because I don't want to go through tribulation. Thank you very much, Jesus. That's why, sons, I'm equipping you with the Word of God. May, may you be strong enough to handle tribulation. Thank you, Jesus. All right? Good luck to the both of you and your sons, if it comes in your son's time. Same to all of you, we've got kids, like as young as mine, five years old. You know, let's prepare them for tribulation. Prepare them strong. Put in the Word of God. You know, I'm 40, so tribulation comes 60 years from now. <laughs> but the question I always ask myself is, are we prepared? We don't know when it's coming. That's, even Jesus says, it comes like a thief in the night. You don't know when he's coming again. But are we prepared? Are we prepared? How do we prepare for the end times? How do we prepare to survive? Let me tell you this. If you have an e-Bible, hallelujah, very good. But when it comes to the end times, I don't know if your e-Bible will be available to you. Let's just face facts. I'm not too sure if Samsung and Apple or Google will still exist. But even if they did, I'm not too sure if you have access to the internet and you're like, I know, I'm just going to download it offline, right? I know, I know. And they're like, I don't know if you've got you know, access to electricity to charge your handphone because everything needs a currency and the currency is stapled here or here, wherever you believe. And until you have that mark, you are not able to get electricity or food. And I'm not too sure if you have a physical Bible with you as well. So we're going to need to know the Word of God in order to survive and prepare ourselves for the end times. By me saying this, I'm preparing us all for the 40 days fast and pray. So this is the precursor to the precursor of the 40 days, okay? Just in case you're wondering, why is Pastor Isaac saying all this? I'm just preparing us all. Let us all take the 40 days seriously. I know, what, what, what is it now? It's the beginning of July. I know we've got like, we've only got one more month. We've got to start preparing ourselves. Can we take 40 days seriously? Can we all start to take it seriously? When I say seriously, I don't mean you fast water for 40 days only. Quit job read Bible only, okay? That's not, that's not serious. That's a little bit out there, okay? All right? I just mean, are you willing to sacrifice five minutes a day just to read the scripture? Are you willing to put aside your favorite drink, Coke? Me, okay? To read scripture. Or it's me, all right? Read some scripture. That's all. We need to have scripture. And then I want to pray, at the end of today, I want to pray that Jesus explains scripture to us. Let me move on. Do you recognize who Jesus is? If I were to put a Nicene Creed and, and alter it a bit, something else, side by side, will you be able to recognize truth from non-truth? And it's urgent that we know. Next. Do you know I was speaking to somebody re very recently? Pastor, can we do meditation, meditative, whatever it may be, okay, exercise, 
I don't want to mention what, what it is. Can we do meditation exercise that some uh, other people are calling me to? And I said this, God called us to meditate on Scripture. It's very different from the meditation of this world. The meditation of this world will tell you to empty your mind and let whatever come in, come in, right? Empty your mind, like remove yourself from this world. But Scripture tells us when you meditate on God's Word, you don't empty your mind. You fill it with Scripture. You fill it with the Word of God. So then I asked this person back, now do you still want to go for meditation? Because you can join me in my meditation. It's called prayer altars on Tuesday nights. <clears throat> That's what it's called. <laughs> come. Come, let's pray together. Let me move to, I've got four more points. See, Zacchaeus was excited. The two men were downcasted because they lost all hope. What's the moral of this story? Jesus will meet you where you are, whatever you're struggling with. Zacchaeus was so excited to see Jesus, Jesus met him where he was. The two men lost all hope and were downcast. Jesus still met them as they were. And I want to encourage you, and this is a very short point, that you may go through some discouragement. You may go through a season where you feel like God has stopped talking to you. And you may go through a season where you feel like the world is against you. But I want to assure you that Jesus will still intentionally walk with you and see you through. And He will still explain scriptures to you. He will still reveal Himself to you. And all He asks of you is to invite Him in. That's all. You see, in the story of Zacchaeus, because Jesus was in His bodily form, He had to tell Zacchaeus, by the way, I want to go to your house. All right? Invite me in, all right? And then, <clears throat> on the word to Emmaus, he had to wait for the two men to invite him in. You see, the difference here is the cross. Because of the cross, and now Jesus is in his glorified state, he's able to be everywhere and everything and all at once. He's able to because of his glorified state, right? So he's just sitting at your door, knocking at your door, and he's waiting for you to invite him in. So he will explain scripture. He will commune with you. He just waits for you to invite him in. He waits for you to open up the Bible and just read his word. He waits for you to open up your mouth and just worship and pray. That's what he's waiting for. He will never barge himself in. That's Jesus. <clears throat> and the second last point, the similarities between these two stories is that when Jesus enters your house, he ate with Zacchaeus and he ate with the two guys on the road to Emmaus. He communes with you. He sups with you. There is a communion that happened with you and Jesus when you invite him in. And the only, only caveat is every day we're going to have to say, Jesus, I invite you in. Come in once again. You're welcome. You're more than welcome. And then you ask me, but doesn't Jesus live with you all the time? Why do you always have to invite him in? Doesn't he already live with you? Aren't we the temple of the Holy Spirit? The answer is yes, and the answer is no. Yes, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, but sometimes we can grieve the Holy Spirit. Sometimes because of what we do in our cycles of temptations and sins and whatever it may be, we forget Jesus and we put Him in the last door that, 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 in, the, in the dark kernel of our house, right? And sometimes we've got to say to Jesus once again, Jesus, actually, I'm so sorry. The door is open. Come on back in. Come on back in. This is your house. Come and cleanse it. Come and free me. Come and wash me. Wash me pure as snow. And Jesus will always come in. And when he comes in, he breaks bread with us. I want to say something about breaking bread. I want to say something about reading the Word of God. You know, do you, if I were to ask you right now, do you remember the last awesome meal that you actually have with your family or your loved ones or friends, whatever it may be. Do you remember that last awesome meal? Can you think of it? You know, some of you are nodding yes. Some of you are looking at me like, we ate? I thought we were supposed to fast. <laughs> I, I can remember my last awesome meal. I think it was Father's Day. Uh, it was a good day. That was my last awesome meal. Um, 
I can't remember what I ate, just honestly with you. I'm not, I'm not the kind of foodie that takes a picture of my food and I gotta remember what I ate. Um, sorry? Yeah, yeah, steak, that's my wife. We ate steak, right? Okay, good, good, good. <laughs> I'm not the kind of guy. But I tell you what I cannot remember. I can't remember what I ate this morning, honestly. I just, breakfast is like, a, I gotta do it and let's go. I can't remember, I really can't remember what I ate for lunch yesterday. How many of you, you really know? Or like, it's lunch. How many of you remember what you ate for breakfast, lunch, dinner yesterday? What about a week ago? You remember what you ate for breakfast a week ago? No? I see, I see, I see Suli, she's a mother of four. She's like, nope, don't remember what I ate this morning as well. I'm like, I feel you, sister, I feel you. What's my point? It's, it's like reading scriptures. Sometimes when you read scripture, we're a little bit bored. It's a little bit dry. We don't understand the context of it all, right? We don't. But we still consume it. Can you imagine if you eat like how you read scripture? I don't understand it, so don't want to do it. And then you don't eat for the next 40 days. You can't. You die. Let's put it that way. All right, please don't do that. You die. So eating food even though we don't remember how significant it was, even though we don't remember how awesome it was or whatever, whatever big day it was that we had to celebrate with crabs or steak or whatever it may be, we don't remember, but we still consume it because like it or not, it nourishes our body. So am I correct? I mean, you don't, you don't remember. I don't remember what I ate for breakfast. Was it eggs? Uh, yeah, probably eggs. It nourishes my body, even though not important, even though it may be dry, even though I don't understand the context of where this egg came from, fresh, fresh eggs or run around eggs or lay eggs in a hand, I, I'm not too sure. I'm not that, not that kind of guy. And it's same for scripture. When you read a big chunk of scripture, there will be maybe once in 40 days that one portion of scripture will jump out at you and you will be so excited, the revelation of God will hit you and you'll be like, oh my, this is a new revelation. I never saw it before. And then I ask you, what is it? I read Genesis 1.1 and it says, in the beginning. And I'm so excited that God was in the beginning of time. And some of us are looking at us going, yeah, we know that. But for that person, it was amazing revelation, and that's fine. And it's the same for all of us. But sometimes on the 39 days of reading Scripture, you may not enjoy it, you may not understand it, it may, dry, may be dry to you, but it still nourishes your spirit. Not your bodies, maybe, but your spirit and your soul. And that's why we do it. So every time you eat your food now, you got to remember, I don't like this, don't want this, don't remember this, but it nourishes me sideways. No, it nourishes me for me to keep on doing what I do in my life. Same for scriptures. And this time, we want our spirits to be a bit more sideways, right? A bit more bulked up for the end times, right? So same, please read your scripture. Please be nourished by the Word of God because you don't know how much the Word of God can feed your soul and your spirit until one day it happens for you. Until one day you get in trouble and then the Scripture jumps out at you. Until one day something happens to you and you remember, oh, I read this in Exodus 14, 14. I'm fighting a great big battle and I'm so anxious and I'm so worried and I'm so whatever. But God re reminds me today that we only need to be still for He fights our battles for us. And that scripture jumps up because we have already created a bank and an archive. That is what it means to commune with Jesus, to break bread with Jesus, to sup with Jesus is to consume His Word. And without His words, you will be swayed by the persuasion and the doctrines of this world that will hit you left, right and centre. Without His Word, your foundation will not be strong and every time something comes up against you, you will not be able to stand. And that's why Jesus says, come in. 
I mean, invite me in. I want to sup with you. I want to eat with you. Allow me to break bread and explain scripture to you. And the amazing thing is, now he lives in us and the Holy Spirit lives in us and the Holy Spirit will illuminate scripture because every scripture is God-breathed. And I believe that it will jump out at us and it will excite us. And how do we know? How do we know that we've got Jesus communing with us because both their lives were changed forevermore. When Zacchaeus broke bread with Jesus, he told Jesus, I will give back everything that I owe people and if I, have, and if I cheated anybody of their money, I will pay them back four times. He automatically repented from his sins and he changed his ways. When both men broke bread with Jesus and the Word of God jumped out at him, at them, and they recognized who Jesus was. What is the first thing they did? They got up, did not finish their meals, and they went to tell the disciples, we saw Jesus. The key to knowing that you have communed with Jesus is your excitement, your passion, and your, you, you can't wait to talk about Jesus. That's the key. So if you're a little tired in this place, can I encourage you, read your scriptures, let something jump out at you and you will be invigorated once again. If you're discouraged in this place, read your scriptures, let the Word of God jump out of you and you will be invigorated again. We don't walk around as tired Christians. We walk around as passionate, excited Christians and I cannot wait to tell somebody about Jesus Christ. You know, I had a revelation. Every time I read scripture, sometimes I get revelations and what God is downloading to me. I go, I cannot wait to tell this to my, my YA leaders. And I do. I tell them and my YA leaders. I can't wait to tell them to my prayer leaders. I can't wait to tell this new revelation that God has downloaded into my heart. It's because it's exciting. It's the same thing. And as, no as annoying as this may be, like some young parents, every time we meet them, look at my son, look at my daughter. My son can burp. <clears throat> and everybody who's non-parent will go, uh-huh, good job, man, well done. Everybody who's a parent go, wow, did you, did you, did you press the back? What kind of meth method did you use? Did you put it over your shoulder? Did you put it in your knee? You know, did you pat the back? Don't hit it too hard, all right? Whatever it may be. So it's all different. But the point is, we're excited to talk about our children. We're excited to tell everybody who won our last football match. We're excited to see whether Novak is going to win 23 Grand Slams this year in Wimbledon. Okay, none of you are excited about that, right? Okay, that doesn't excite you. Okay, we're excited to see whatever it may be. We're excited and when something exciting happens to us, like when we discover a new restaurant, and that excites all of us here. I think that unifies us. We discovered a new restaurant, good food, cheap food. There's only two responses. It's either you're so excited you tell everybody or you say, hey, don't tell anybody, yeah? Let me, let me go to this restaurant first. Huh? Make sure they keep cheap food, good food first until everybody want to come, then they'll raise the price. Uh, then I don't have to go anymore. But the point is, are you changed? Do you have that zeal to talk about Jesus, the real Jesus? Are you able, can I invite the musicians up and the, the, the worship team up? Are you able to differentiate the teachings of this world from the teachings of Jesus. How real is your God to you? How exciting are scriptures to you? That is how you will know who your Jesus is. So now I ask you, do you know that Jesus is? Fill in the blank. Because if you say non-binary, I go, hmm, which Bible are you reading from? Do you know who your Jesus is? And it is my prayer today. And I want to end by praying for all of us. It is my prayer that we're going to burn with excitement for the scripture. It is my prayer that we're going to open up our Bibles and we're going to take God seriously in the 40 days for my generation and for the next generation. It is my prayer that we're not going to allow the doctrines of this world to sway us we will be spiritually mature, not like spiritual infants swayed by the waves left and right and left and right. We will be able to stand on our own two feet. And then I want to pray 
for all your loved ones, particularly either your parents or your sons, maybe even your spouse, that sometimes you've told them all about Jesus, but they're still not excited because they have not invited Jesus in and they have not recognized who Jesus really is. Because when you have met the author, the savior, and the creator of this universe, I bet you, you cannot help but con you cannot contain the excitement that you have because you have found something very precious and you want somebody else to have it as well. Thank you, Jesus. Can we all stand in this place? And I want to pray for us before we sing this last song. If you could just lift up your hands and I just like to pray. Father God, I just want to thank you in the name of Jesus that we are going to be a church that runs and chases after you. In the name of Jesus, Father God, we're all going to be burning with desire to open up scriptures. And I pray, Father God, that you will speak to us through your scriptures. You will speak to your sons. You will speak to your daughters. Holy Spirit, you will illuminate scriptures in our lives so that it will jump out of the pages and transform our lives. I pray, Father God, that, that through scriptures, we will be anchored by your word we know who you are we can recognize the voice of the father and we need not doubt whether it is the voice of the father or the voice of the enemy because we know and your sheep knows your voice so i pray father god that we will be able to stand in these perilous times against the pushback of the enemy, against the onslaught of the enemy, against every doctrine that wants to infiltrate the church, against every teaching that wants to infiltrate our families, Father God, we will be able to stand strong because we have the Word of God, a Word bank of God that is inside our hearts. I pray, Lord Jesus Christ, that we will never stop consuming the Word of God and communing with You. Father Lord Jesus, as we read the Scriptures, I pray that You break bread with all of us here that you will break bread and you would feed us father god because you said you are the bread of life so i thank you jesus that we are able to stand strong and father god i pray that in one month's time we are slowly starting to prepare ourselves to fast and pray so that we will know you better and i pray in the name of jesus there will be breakthroughs in families here they will breakthroughs in cells here there will be breakthroughs in this church because lord jesus with you nothing is impossible so in the name of jesus we love you we honor you in jesus name we pray amen thank you jesus father god we give you praise we give you glory and honor may your face always shine upon us may you watch our going in and going out and may you grant your shalom to us and our families today in jesus name we pray amen amen god bless you church if you're new with us come and say hello to us at our hospitality and our connect counter outside god bless you have a great week